Hollywood Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And here we go. The much-anticipated, highly decorated, Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, I hope you're doing well, my man, and I hope everybody there is doing well. Listen, I went to a psychic the other day. I knocked at the front door. She said, who is it? So I left. Thank you very much. Goodbye. I uh, actually really liked that one. I thought it was pretty good and uh, pretty clever. And thanks to Duff once again for never missing a Friday. Always brings the laughs, I guess, sometimes. And <laughs> speaking of laughs, we have a guest today who's been doing stand-up comedy in recent years. But more importantly, he has uh, made huge waves in the wrestling world by appearing in New Japan and Impact Wrestling. I'm talking about the newly christened Nick Nemeth. Uh, of course, Nick was known uh, as Dolph Ziggler, but Nick's brother, Ryan Nemeth in AEW, they've been a comedy. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Nick's more recent big news, the fact that he's no longer with WWE, uh, debuting in New Japan. Big news in the rest of the world. Nick will tell us the whole story, including how Vince McMahon reacted when Nick asked for his release. We'll also get into his WWE career from his original tryout and signing to his first gimmick with Kurt Angle uh, and Chavo Guerrero to his work as Dolph Ziggler and how he got that name and why he decided to leave and start anew. It's Nick Nemeth right here, right now on Talk is Jericho. So we're here at the Agave meeting room in a, in a hotel in Phoenix because we've got a very important meeting with uh, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is a very, yeah, you can tell by the, the size of the board meeting table, the, how far away we are. This is very serious business. It's basically like a picnic table with a, a plug in the middle, but it worked out good. It's so funny. We just both happened to be in the same city uh, on the same day and uh, lots to talk about. And, it, you know, I wanted to reach out to you because, first of all, congratulations on a great career in WWE, but more excitingly, this debut in New Japan. Kind of tell us how that all came together. Yeah, so uh, a couple of years ago, I, I'm, I'm not close friends with a lot of people, but uh, a long time ago when, when Shinsuke came up from NXT, uh, at the time it was I was doing the thing where everybody who shows up wrestles me. And uh, <laughs> I was doing the thing. It was like nine years in a row, whatever. But I'm doing that thing, and uh, I didn't really know him. Like I don't, I don't watch Japanese wrestling. I don't watch our wrestling. I famously don't watch wrestling, and I hate everything because I was in a bad, you know, not, not the best place. But I was like, I love my job, doing what I do. So right after WrestleMania, Shinsuke comes up, does whatever he does, and we're overseas. Do they do that two week overseas that we used to do before COVID times? And um, we're bouncing around uh, in buses and things. And him and I had to stay to do the dark match after TV, and everyone else went on. So him and I are just in this car sitting next to each other. We've put a couple matches together, but we're just like, I'm, you know, I'm not really outspoken. I'm like just sitting there, we're looking at our phones. And I had requested uh, a big bottle of Jack Fire uh, whiskey, and. Uh, we had that for the ride and it's like, Hey, you want to sip it? Yeah. And then we started talking and then we had a couple of whiskeys and we were like buddies and it was so great. Uh, cause he's the biggest sweetheart in the world. He's, and he's like an guy. ass kicker and like, it's so great. He's he so loves nice. surfing. Yes. Oh my God. So I, I went surfing once and I was very bad, but I got up for a second and someone took a picture and I sent it to him and he called me out on it. And it was great. Um, but we, we kind of like had a good bond and I really liked wrestling with them. And, um, man, it really reminds me of his first pay-per-view match with us. I even offered, I go, like, he's a strong style guy. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I go, should we have him, like, MMA style f*** me up? And, like, we start having a wrestling match, and he cracks me and hits me with a knee, and I'm, like, out cold, and they throw it out or something. They go, no, 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 we don't want that. We got Vince wanted a very, you know, WWE style match. And I go, all right, great. So we did that. And uh, so uh, a long time ago, I was like, every time contract time was up, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get out of here. Like, I have nothing left to do. I'm kind of just sitting on the bench. You break in case of emergency when somebody's out in a world title match or something. And uh, I go, I'm gonna get out of here. And he goes, if you ever get out of here, you know, I got some connections and I, I, you know, like to help you out. I was like, well, that's so cool. I don't know anybody or anything. So years and years go by. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I sent an email to the boss and I, very long. Would this thing. be Vince still? Yes, or, okay, th this yeah. is Vince, yeah. yeah. Uh, I sent, uh, at the time we were not sure actually right. what's going on, but I sent Vince. Uh, incredibly long email, 90% thankful. Oh my God, you guys are so great. You taught me to do all this stuff. 10%, this is messed up. I got to get the hell out of here. There is no purpose for me to be getting paid millions of dollars to sit on the bench or 
be like a three minute match, like a local, I go pay locals to do this. I, I, there's no reason for me to be here. And, uh, I didn't hear anything back for two weeks and then I found out that I was released. So really? Yeah. So he, he didn't uh, even get back so, to you. I'm sorry. I sent that to a few different people. Oh. I don't want to name names, but, uh, I sent it to a f- very important people. Vince was the only one who wrote back mm. instantly and was like, this is a lot to unpack. Uh, let's talk about it further. I said, sir, if you want me to fly to Stanford tomorrow, I will be on a flight. And he said, thanks. We'll think about it. And then two weeks later I was released or whatever. So mm. a couple weeks later. So first thing I want to do is like, man, I've never done independence. I haven't gone out of the country except for with WWE a million right, times, right, all these right. places. I go, man, I, I go, well, I'm still friends with Shin. Hey, Shin, what's, hey, do you, do you think I'm still good at wrestling? And he laughed and I was like, what do you think about Japan? And he's like, I got you. And then put a couple pieces together and get to Rocky Romero, who is the go-between. And uh, luckily for me, uh, they were ex- ex- happy to, and excited to have me. And that was one of the first things I did, like when I got released, like the first like week in, I go, this gets, goes back and forth and is set up and I'm not saying a word and no one's gonna know. Mm-hmm. And everyone thinks I'm retired or doing comedy, but I'm sure as hell not going to Japan. Nobody sees this coming. I go, this is so great. So kept it very secretive, got everything done back and forth, and then even snuck in there and, uh, snuck out and nobody knew and everyone was kind of blown away one how could i still look uh but <laughs> like oh right yeah he's still hot but no i was like i go i i've been sitting around for three months and before that man six months a year even being on tv it's three minute matches it's not yeah. the stuff that i'm used to like 30 minutes with right. randy or all these sure. things where you're just ready to go and i go man i gotta make sure I'm good to go. And uh, we, got, we got off and running and I, I really think it's gonna be something special. And I'm nervous, like, hey, am I a big phony? Was I protected by WWE for 20 years? We're gonna find out. The answer is f- no, I was not. But it's, I gotta go, hey man, can I do this stuff at the level that I've claimed to, to be at and without everyone going, here's how it has to be. Right. You're a, now go think out of the box and maybe you suck and maybe you can't back it up or you're a big phony or maybe you're protected, but. I can't wait, man. I've been sitting around too long. I'm, I'm someone who, when we have two or three days off, I'm like, when are we getting out of here? Can I go do something else? But I've sat around for 90 days like this sucks, like ready to go. So like, I'm lucky uh, in 20 years, I missed like three weeks of work. Mm. It's insane. Like nobody, and I've even put that in the email. I was like, just so you know, no one has ever done what I've done ever or is even remotely close, including everyone on this email list. So just so you know. <laughs> And I go, just wanted to reiterate that, like three weeks in 19 and a half years. Like, so I want to be able to go and uh, I'm so ready to do it. You know what I loved? And there's a lot of, of lots to unpack, as Vince said. I love the presentation. And it's really because the same thing happened when I showed up in 2018. Just being there puts you on a different level. Yeah. You know, and plus having your brother Ryan there with you yeah. as well. It just looked cool. It was a very yeah. Japanese thing to have the two brothers show up, you know, sit in the front row and, and kind of watch. Did, did you feel people knew who you were? I'm always nervous. Like, yeah. does anyone care? If I've been sitting around, you know, was I in this bubble of WWE where they care about me because I'm on this show? I don't know. But uh, luckily, uh, my, my brother who knew so many of the people in the locker room, when we walked out, I go, man, is anyone going to make any noise? God, I hope so. Mm. And we walk and you just hear a couple, ooh, ah, oh, and you slowly get as we're making this slow walk to the ring. And the best part of it was, it was great, great uh, idea by New Japan was to send us out right before a tag match. So now you have these brothers who no one ever thought would be here are showing up. Oh, and they're here to watch this tag match. Oh, they're going to get involved. This is the best. Mm. Sit there for three other matches and then get involved. And I, I really appreciated that because one, it gets the focus on like Riot, who's really good at wrestling and he's fresh faced and he's sitting there like, what are they going to do? Yeah. It's like, no, one more little swerve. We're going somewhere else and going to watch, you know. I love the kind of the irony that your first match in New Japan is against uh, David Finney. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. I, 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 hope, I hope that's the first match. I don't know. But like, oh, I thought that was the one that was announced. Oh, I, if they did, I... Hey, okay. I'm, I'm all I'm all in. I didn't know, but that's, uh, I, th- I think it's been announced. If it's been announced, that's awesome. Yeah, um, unless I just let the cat out of the bag. But I, I think <laughs> yeah. I think you really uh, I think it really has been announced. But either way, if it hasn't been yeah. announced, I'm sure that was the first guy you had a an angle with, right? It's for to see him and watch him, and and the best part was uh, I was so turned off for wrestling for a long time. It was great to sit there ringside and watch not just people I knew. Like I know Ambrose, I've seen Osprey wrestle a couple times, but it was like. Finley, I hadn't seen in person. I hadn't seen him since he was probably 15 years old or something. 
And right. also uh, watching all the other matches and just feeling the crowd <laughs> being into them or not into them or where they're going with it. And uh, that, that title match at the end of the night was uh, so awesome mm -hmm. to watch because mm -hmm. the whole locker room's watching on this little TV and you could just hear the reactions of the crowd out there. And it was, it was amazing. Um, so I hope... I think uh, Finley, I call everyone kid because I just assume like he's young, fresh faced kid. Like, what are you doing here? Six months? He goes, eight or nine years. And I go, okay, all right. Nice. <laughs> so let's see where we're going. And I go, uh, I think there's really something there that I can help being in something with him and also tear it down with mm -hmm. him out there and just beat the hell out of each and other. Just so you know, officially, February 23rd in Sapporo, New Japan, New Beginning, it's Nick Nemeth versus uh, David Finley. Hell yeah, so, it's official. I'm glad All I right. can pass that. Yeah. Hey, thanks for letting me know, yeah. I, I think it was I actually... sign something? Is that why you brought me here to this uh, really boardroom? Uh, yeah, Rocky Romero, Rocky Romero told me, <laughs> get, the, get the boardroom. So all these pens uh, are in here? <laughs> yeah, they write down some ideas. <laughs> but uh, the thing about this, too, and I'm really excited for you to, to experience this, I remember the first, the first match I worked with Kenny at the Dome, and it's just ingrained in our system. Who who do we have to tell our spots to? Oh, it's God, like yeah. nobody. Like, nobody. <laughs> really? No. Like, um, is if, if it wants to be on camera, we don't tell the cameraman anything because they oh, have to believe that That's it's you're real. Shooting it as a so sport. it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna and like there's no agent or producer. Yeah. It's gonna be to you guys sitting there putting together. And you go out there and do it. I was like, really? Yeah. And that that really reignited the, the the passion and fire f for wrestling for me yeah you know which led to aw as well but i, I remember i'll never forget the the because i did about i think eight matches or 10 matches in two years before the lockdown it was just like they were all so much fun oh, so man, great yeah. to be there you know that's and that's a big point like uh i know ambrose for a long time we, we're not tight we don't really hang mm -hmm. out but like we bullshit with each other here and there and it yeah. was like he's like dude you're not gonna believe it it's yeah. the opposite of what you've had for 19 years yeah. where you're like hey we're gonna do this like no you can't do that hey, you're gonna do this. and and i that's all in the positive way because one it's a certain show for wwe sure. that you're doing and we need this ball shot in the main event right. so nobody's doing this and no one's doing that and you're like that's all totally warranted and and just he goes here you now it's almost you don't have that protection of hey we can't do this we can't do this. it's like hey you go out of the box here and you try and steal the show from everybody else who's right. trying to steal the show brother so good luck so yeah, yeah, yeah. i love that like let's go you know is your plan to to do like tours or just matches or i i just wanted so i've been very fortunate i was the luckiest career in the world but also the day that they announced everything other than everybody saying such nice things for the most part <laughs> uh Especially on the internet where it's like 90% negative. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But <laughs> everyone's saying stupidly nice things. Like, rock, Cena. Like, guys who didn't know. Like, it was great. Uh, it was so ridiculous. But I go, a lot of companies reached out and were like, right now, let's do this. Let's go. And I go, I just did. I just got out of a long-term relationship. <laughs> I just did 20 years. And I, and I go, as much as I, in my head, I thought, okay, when this 90 days is up, I go right here. I go right here. I go... I want to bounce around and be a hired gun and go to a territory and work with someone and make them the biggest star in the world and then either beat them or lose to them and go on somewhere else six months, a year later, whatever it is. And uh, it was something I pitched to WWE a long time ago, like I think when they were doing like ECW mm -hmm. and all these different things, I go, can I be Intercontinental Champ that has people come out or we have a little story and every month, whether it's on pay-per-view or not, we get this big match and we make somebody and they either, and I constantly, I'm Ric Flair basically mm. bouncing around the territories cool and I, I pull up the tights and I sneak one out after he kicks my ass for 40 minutes and uh, they talked about it for a while but it, it didn't come out. But I go, that's something I would like to do now and not just uh, helping everyone out. I want to be a star too. I want to continue kicking sure. ass. So it's like, I want to do that. I want to bounce around, bring some prestige to someone who maybe doesn't have it. And there's maybe there's some Japanese eyes that have never been on me. And like, we're, we're helping each other out, but also tearing it down and making a title mean something. So I, I really hope I can bounce around that way. And then maybe six months in a year go, okay, I'm settling down. Let's do this with this company for a year and see how it goes. And then if you like me being here, hey, we stay around. It's interesting you said something earlier that you never wrestled on the indies. I forgot about that. You basically Everybody gives me a pass. Straight into WWF. Yeah. Everybody busts Mrs. Balls. Because, <laughs> and he worked independence. <laughs> and uh, one time we were overseas like 20 years ago or something. And everyone just sitting around a table talking and talking. And like, Miz, you never did. Like, and he goes, why does everyone say that? Like, I did him for like years. And I feel bad because at the time we hadn't come around full circle to where we pretend Miz is good at wrestling now or whatever. But at the time. Do we? Yeah. Well, the fans do. I think. But we got to a point where everyone was talking at the table. I go, 
I just get a pass because I'm good. Like it's <laughs> so funny. I, I never did the independence. I went wrestling college and then like trained uh, trained a couple days and then had a tryout. And they said no because I was too small. Uh, I did a trial with Bobby Lashley, by the way. Oh wow! Well, I walk in, everybody's and they're like, "You're gonna meet a guy at the airport named Bobby, Bobby Lashley," and you guys are sharing a car. I'm like, "Cool." And I'm staring. I go, I go up to him. I go, "Please tell me you're not Bobby Lashley." He goes, "Yeah, why?" I go. <laughs> we got a tryout together. They're like, we're going to hire him. I go, yeah, no shit. I go, this is my lifelong dream. And we're go- I would hire him right yeah, now. Right, right, and I would right. send myself to Chipotle or whatever. <laughs> and um, <laughs> got through that. And then... This, the, uh, How did you finally get hired? They said, uh, hey, we, we appreciate the, your, your attitude and you're an amateur wrestler and you're a fan. So we're going to have a tryout with like 100 guys in about six months or a year. And then and we're going to bring you in um, and... Wait, like wave the fee or something. Go, okay, great. And then for some reason, a month before that, they go, hey, we're going to bring you in um, for a two-week tryout. I said, okay, with uh, Big John Studd's kid. Hmm. He's a hockey player. And maybe an XFL guy, and I can't remember who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot remember right. him. So we had a tryout, and XFL guy is kind of making a, a joke of it. He's like, ha, wouldn't this be like? And you're like, okay, he's not like a fan. He's right. kind of mocking us. So yeah. I was like, F this guy, whatever. But right. And Lance Storm is there, who uh, is end up being my, my first teacher at OVW. But I, I was such a fan of his and seeing him, like, I don't want to disappoint him because he's so serious. And yeah. you like, there's no joking around. Like, I, like, oh, is it like this? He goes, no, actually, it's one inch more. Just like, oh, thanks, <laughs> yeah. Lance. Yeah. Got it. Like, yeah. But I love that. And I just want to impress him. So I'm, like, busting my ass in this two-week more than I would be 1% more except I'm trying to get my dream job. And afterwards, he's like, uh, said all these positive stuff, and then for a week, they go, we'll know by Friday or something. So I'm texting Big John, so that's good. Nothing, heard nothing. Another week goes by, nothing. I'm like, man, they're just not hiring us. Like, they're not, mm. just tell us, what the hell. Another week goes by, hey, you heard anything? No, no, no. Finally, Dr. Tom calls. This is, they said it would be a couple of days. It's like six weeks later. And Dr. Tom, and he goes, hey, Nick, uh, how old did you say you were again? I go, uh, 24. He goes, ah, jeez, ah, God. <laughs> ah, sorry. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hire you. And I go, you <laughs> asshole. Of course he did. I go, God, you fucker. It was so great. And I go, oh, that's great. And, I, and so at this point, I'm a little guy. I just came off my wrestling. So I was wrestling 165 in college. Oh, wow. 185 pounds. Right. Like 5'11", whatever the hell. Which was like maybe two th- year 2005 uh, or so? Yeah, yeah. So where, where that still made a difference. To yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Now half the business is 185. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was saying, really quickly, side note, when I got hired, three weeks later, Ace came down to Ohio Valley Wrestling and goes, three weeks later, new decree, 6-3 and over, and football players, and no one else gets a tryout. And I went, uh, I still get to keep my job, right? They're like, yep, you're in. So it's grandfathered in some like three weeks before Gosh, that yeah. total cutoff. I don't know how long it lasted, but it was. Still, it was a thing. Yeah, it was a yeah, real thing. It was. Um, what the hell is I saying? You're just talking about, uh, they, they, they're going to hire you now and you're oh, 180. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah, barely. And uh, at that point, there was, you could uh, get hired by WWE or they could waive the fee to the school and then you can get a part-time job and work at Perkins or whatever the hell. And then there was another one where they'll let you come to the school, but you got to pay for the school and you don't get a deal. And I'm like, even if they just let me come to the school, that's saving me $2,000. Holy shit. Yeah. I'll pay for everything else. I'll get a part-time job. And he's like, we're going to go ahead and hire you for seven fifty a week. And I had to like cover the phone. Like, you couldn't believe it. Pay me? <laughs> what? And, uh, and when I had done the trial, people said at best there's $500 a week. And I go, holy shit, that, that's a million dollars. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I was I'm <laughs> yeah. coming from amateur wrestling and bouncing at a bar. Like that's a million dollars to me. And he goes, it almost like the Kramer shaking hands, like, we'll give you all the coffee you can drink before he says the $50,000 and shakes hands with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I stopped myself because I was just hoping to get into the school and they're going to pay me. And I go, holy shit. He goes, well, we just got to make sure. Do you have a car and a cell phone? I said, yes, sir, I do. And then I hung up and I go, mom, I need a car and a cell phone. <laughs> and I went and bought a car, which is crazy. Like one lot. I was like, uh, how about this? And like drove it to Louisville three days later. It was the craziest thing. When you first debuted in, in WWE, it was with uh, the gymnastics guys. Were they called? Even before the Spirit Squad, oh, I was a cat. I was a golf caddy. <laughs> yes. So yeah, you know, we don't have to go through the entire career here, but <laughs> sure. t- tell us, like, because this is the time when you obviously like, you spent. You're working in OVW. This is a dream. How do you get the call that you're going to be Job Kerwin White? <laughs> Not uh, even Chavo's real name. His, char- his side character that he's making a joke. No, right. but uh, 
But here's the worst part. Uh, <laughs> I want to say Dreamer is maybe the in-between at that point. And uh, he calls me and said, hey, we got a really good report about you. You're a clean-cut kid. At the point, at that point, Kurt Angle's kicking ass. Right. Like, he's on top. He's the man. And they go, you're catch you're they've mentioned his name and yours a bunch they're they're looking at bringing you in to where like you're he's your mentor and i it's like it's like that karate kid movie with uh, chuck norris uh, where he's like his yeah, shadowing his mentor or whatever yeah. and i go holy shit yeah this is my dream i go kurt's the man like kurt's kurt doing so well is the reason i got a tryout mm. at my size with no experience because of you're an amateur wrestler yeah, yeah just an amateur guy and i'm like this is the greatest thing ever and then a couple weeks later they're like tommy calls and he goes you're debuting on my, it's Saturday. He goes, you fly out tomorrow. You're debuting on Monday. You're a golf caddy. Uh, figure it out. Okay, bye. And <laughs> I go, a what? Caddy. What? A golf caddy? Like, what? <laughs> and then I figure it out. And uh, Chavo there, who I don't know at this point, and he's like, he's getting sent this guy who has been training for a few months, has no experience, uh, no independence, no anything. And he's like, hey, let's roll around a little bit. And I think the fact that I could roll around and like yeah, amateur wrestler, amateur too, and right? I'm not yeah. like a total, I don't know, I could just go and I was like listening to whatever anyone yeah. said. And he was like, okay, you're okay for now. Like I passed like this mini test and I was like, all right, great. And then I learned so much from him. In the couple of months we hung out, just like what to do behind the scenes, where, where to be, what, how to stand out if you got 30 seconds, all the shit in a couple of months. Mm. And, uh, and then one day Eddie passes away and then oh. Chavo ends that and uh, had to take care of a bunch of stuff at home. and. That's what the character uh, Chavo was when Eddie passed away. Uh, yeah, like, uh, and uh, that ended because we were going – that was, again, when you uh, do like a mania or whatever, some other thing the other half of the year where you do the two-week tour after a Raw. Yeah, going overseas. Yep. Yeah, and that's, that's uh, right. And uh, we were getting ready to go, and then that happens. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, they go, Chavo's staying back to take care of all this family stuff. And they go, you're still going to go. I'm like, oh, I don't know how to wrestle or anything. <laughs> and they're like, don't worry. We know you're a manager. We'll have you. We'll throw you in there to manage somebody. You pull somebody's foot halfway through a match and then they take a punch. Oh, thank God. I'm like, I don't know how to wrestle yet. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm falling down kind of, right? Mm -hmm. And this is, I, I use this in my stand-up a bunch. This is all real. I fly over there. They said, yeah, we'll find, we'll find a match for you to, to manage somebody. And it's Fit and Steamboat are the agents. So uh, I can get back at Finley for what Fit does to me. Okay, great. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> They go, um, no bullshit. 30 minutes before the show starts, no one has told me anything. I don't have any friends on here. I don't have, I, I didn't work any independence with anybody. And there's some badass Attitude Era dudes that you don't like. Mm -hmm. uh, am I allowed to like be in this room? Right, like, yeah. right. And uh, Fit is 25 minutes before the show starts. Fit goes, okay, you're in the first match. I'm like, okay, what am I doing? He goes, it's you and Tajiri, 12 minutes, him up, and he walks away. And I go, what? Oh, shit. And then he comes back and goes, ah, I forgot to tell you. I'm like, oh, he's busting my balls. He goes, he didn't speak English. And then he walks out. <laughs> I go, what? I go, oh, my God. I'm, I'm like shaking. <laughs> I go find him. I'm like, sir, sir, uh, what, what you, you tell me? Uh, I, I'm not good wrestling. I'm like, I can't do anything. <laughs> and uh, I'm so nervous. I don't know how to do anything. Like back rakes and a headlock. And that's, I like scraped his back and they just kept putting a headlock on. It was so uncomfortable. <laughs> I, so, and the weirdest thing is they don't – it kills me now. They don't open the show with a baby faces music. They play Kerwin White's song that's barely been heard on Raw but mostly right. on Sunday Night Heat. And I am coming out to – it's like a Frank Sinatra kind of song. It's like, I take my coffee by the pool or something. And I'm walking out with a golf caddy top. And everyone's like – no one's even going boo or what. They're just like – Huh? This is how the show starts? This is WWE? Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. I don't match the, like, I'm not even known for the music. Nobody knows who I am. We've done Sunday Night Nobody Day knows him at the time. At the time, yeah, they barely know him. Like, yeah. oh my God, I walk out too. I wish they had been booing or yelling something about me because it was silent. Mm -hmm. And I go, this is so embarrassing. Thank God, to Jury's music hits, the place erupts. And then all his shit, his kicks, everything, they're going nuts. And I just... In between a, a headlock and a couple back rakes, I took a bunch of kicks, and finally he goes, big big kick or whatever. Slap, boom, one, two, three. I'm like, thank God this is over. I was so scared to death. Uh, it was so bad. I'm so glad there's no footage that I know of of that. But that, and that's, that was the beginning for me. But obviously you did good enough that they kept putting you in matches. Uh, yeah, so uh, that tour happens, and they threw me into a couple little things, and I, I was – 
still bad and didn't know how to wrestle. And at the end of the at the end of the tour, Steamboat and Fit came up to me and said, "Hey, listen, you're re- you're a good kid. We love that you're listening and learning and you're picking up as fast as you can. Just so you know, the gimmick's over and you're done." Mm-hmm. And I go, "Oh shit!" So I I don't know wrestling. I don't know independence. I don't have. I'm not a legacy. I'm not in the meetings. I go, "Oh, that's my time with WWE. It's over. Like I'm fired." Right. And uh, they go. But we're, they're putting together a group of guys, and we suggested you for it. I was like, oh, cool, thank you. And then I don't know what that means. Uh, I just assume, like, oh, they're just being nice to me. When I go home, I pack my stuff up, and I go back home. Or it's like, I'm done. I'm fired. And they say, no, it's a group of guys. It's going to be really exciting and a cool thing. I go, oh, like a new horseman or something. Like, it's fucking spirit squad stuff and then the rest of that is well that, let, let's talk there. a little bit about spirit yeah. squad because it did actually get over to a little bit yeah. of an extent you know but but all the guys it seemed were kind of at your level was there anybody that had more experience uh kenny for sure kenny yeah uh dykstra, dykstra. right, right yeah, right, yeah yeah and yeah. uh and here's the funny thing so i'm like 24 25 at this point he's 19 gosh right. and 19 but also explaining behind the scenes politics to me it Correctly, how did he know all that? He just because here's he had been. I think he like forged some paperwork or got paperwork signed where it allowed him to train at 16 instead of 18 or whatever or 15 Mm. or whatever the hell something awesome. And he gets that done. And I think he did something where he was in high school and he did like the white boy challenge with Rodney Mack, like on a school, like on Monday night. Gotcha. Came back to school the next day, like yeah, I was on Raw last (laughs) night. He's in high school, like what? And uh, so like that was cool, like. And so he's this kid who's filling me in on all this behind the scenes stuff. And I just wanted to get better and just uh, keep training. So I'm uh, Mike Mondo, Mikey in there also, he was like training a beginner class. So Rip Rogers would give him the key. So I go, I don't know what I'm doing. I wanna get three years of experience in six months. So I'm taking my normal class, I'm on the road, and I'm also, uh, Mondo has a key. So he's letting me in and just like chain wrestling and taking bumps and doing all these things. So I got legit two or three years of training in a couple of months. Mm. And then I felt like, okay, I can at least hold my own in a very terrible match at this point. And then uh, Spirit Squad wise, we're in the ring every day, just doing practice matches. Just, I go, I wanna, I don't wanna be hanging around. I wanna be calling the shots one day. So how can I do this? So I just got all the reps in and then we're working Flair, uh, Sean, Hunter uh, on the weekends, mm-hmm. every weekend. Like, and how did that even come to be? angle come with Sean and Hunter and it's, the spirit squad yeah it's cr- so we do a thing where we're just like annoying cheerleaders and everyone's booing us out of the building which is awesome and uh we're getting booed so much that we we do a couple things what the hell happened what starts it I'm really bad I have to ask TJ mm-hmm. uh but something along the lines of I there's either tag titles involved or we like cheat and all five of us somehow find a way to beat Big Show and Kane at some right, point right, right. and become champs but then we're it's like so accidentally hot and boot. It's not Vicky Guerrero boot out of the building, mm-hmm. but it's pretty good. Like I'm like, whoa, they hate us. This is the best. And uh, so I, at some point, DX is like, hey, we're doing this. Actually, sorry, they're not DX yet. They uh, reunite while beating us up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vince is aligned with us. And I'm like, man, this is the craziest thing in the world. I don't know how to wrestle. <laughs> we're in this thing where we're in like the main event angle of the show. Vince is with us at all times. And Sean and Hunter, are the, the other guys, like what a crazy thing. So just like on the weekends, I'm learning again, I'm getting three years and six months on the weekends. I'm working the two of the greatest of all time and I'm learning from them. And we got to a point where I'm like, Hey, Sean, do you, you think I could call a spot like at the beginning or something? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, sure, kid. We'll see. Whatever. Like, I'm like, hey, let's just. I don't know. I don't get. I feel like a back rake and like neck breaker or something. I'm like, hey, kid, you think you could throw a drop kick? He goes, absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> and uh, put a headlock back on. But it was like I got to learn from those guys, and that just made me so much better. And, and at the time, you're like. I thought I was going to be Kurt Angle's buddy. We're going to win the tag titles. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm one of five cheerleaders, and we just get our ass kicked every day. Right, right. What the? F- what am I doing? And it's like I'm learning from the greatest of all time every weekend for six months. Okay, great. I would see, I mean, I know for sure Sean liked you because he probably could see a little bit of, of himself in you. Same thing with me. Like, he was a smaller guy yeah. as well. Did he give you a lot of advice and a lot uh, of help along the years? Then, at that point, uh, Spirits Caught Times, I was, yeah, it was like, I was still nervous, like, talk to people. Like, I don't know, there's scary guys there. Yeah. Know, like, and uh, he was some like, hey, man, I... There's no way he was like, this kid's going to be great. He was just like, oh, I was a n- nice kid trying to learn and pick his brain and ask him things whenever I could. And then uh, uh, eventually, 
it became a thing where I came one point, it's, it's years later, and I was like frustrated at work. And I go, I got take. what was that, man? I want to say it's Mysterio and Morrison are fighting for maybe the Intercontinental title or something. And I go, uh, I've been stealing the show or doing some things with Kofi. I just did quote marks if anyone's listening. <laughs> like, I was like, hey, I'm busting my ass doing all this stuff. And then for some reason, I'm out of here. I'm like, I'm not doing anything important. So uh, Sean's backstage one time, and I go, hey, Sean, I got a dark match with this guy. When I come back, tell me why the f I'm not on TV. And he goes, oh, oh, okay. And I, like, I go do this match, six-minute dark match, basic-ass shit, but like, I kind of stood out. And I come back, and he goes, kid, your guess is as good as mine. Sorry, that was great. And I'm like, whoa, holy shit. Okay, great. And then maybe you can put a word in. Maybe you can do something. So I just kept asking him, and I, not even thinking that he would pass a word out, but like, man, something's going to give at some point. And some, eventually, I don't know if he said something or not, but eventually it's like, okay, I've come back. Uh, I'm not the guy that I am now where I come back and like throw a case of water and go follow that motherfucker. But like, <laughs> I come back and go, what do I, why am I here if I'm not doing anything? And eventually they go, all right, here we go. And I think I got a dark match with MVP. And they like halfway through, like switch the finish to like catch us off guard or something. I go, <laughs> catch us off guard. It's like, hey, we just added 18 minutes or something. Like, or we yeah, just took right. eight minutes away <laughs> yeah, of your yeah, nine minute yeah. match. That's catch me off guard. I'm like, switch the finish. I go, okay. Great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I pin him. <laughs> What's that like? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so they switch the finish. But as we're getting to it, they switch it again. Like, ooh, here we go. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not as cool as calm as I am right now, but I'm like, oh, okay, we can fix that. And then he goes, you got three more minutes as we're, as uh, MVP's hitting his finish or his last false finish. You go, three more minutes and make him count. And I go, okay. So I've like readjusted a double down into something else, called some other thing. And then we got to something else, something else. We do two and a half minutes and get to the finish, come to the back. And they're like, that was uh, great. I'm like, yeah, what now? And? Yeah, <laughs> what now? And then I think it led to a like MSG U.S. title match with Sherry Shepard in MVP's corner or something. And they made it a big deal. And I was like, oh, that's cool. We got like a cool thing. And then slowly off and running a little bit. Yeah. Where did the Dolph Ziggler thing come from and, 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 and the concept of the gimmick? So I'm doing all this extra training and getting and I'm sitting on the bench uh, at Ohio Valley Wrestling and doing some stuff. At, or is it Florida at this point? But I go, I, I'm doing all the, everything I can. I go, if I get another shot, I want to let them know that no, we're not helping him out by bringing him here. We need this guy on the roster to help everybody else out. So I'm waiting to hear what's going on. And then uh, I get a call that says, hey, you're going to start on Monday. You're David Diggler. And uh, you're going to be uh, introducing yourself to someone. And I go, David Diggler. I'm like, uh, why is that the name? And he goes, well, we needed something with the same letter at the beginning of each. I'm like, we need it. I, I go, we needed that? I'm like, my name's Nick Nemeth, by the way, just so you know, like, <laughs> is that a big deal? And we had just started, like, the reality era, and it's Cena and Orton, and, right. nobody, and nobody's Batista. selling, and it's, yeah, like, people's yeah. real names. Like, oh, shit, here we go. And uh, they go, David Diggler. I'm like, what the f***? He goes, well, it's got to be a D, and it's got to be a D, first name and last, and we're going back into a meeting in 15 minutes, but the boss seems set, and I'm like, oh, God. So I text everybody in my phone. I need some D stuff. My dad's name's Don. So I'm like, Don, Dolph, some other stuff. And then uh, I get to TV and it's still David Diggler. And I'm like, shit. And uh, I find Vince, who I've never, I don't even think, <laughs> met at this point. <laughs> Sir, it's a reality era. You could Google my name. I broke records at Kent State University. That's how I got my tryout. And you're looking for initials that are the same. My name is Nick Nemeth. What do you think? And he goes, nope. Dolph Ziggler. And he goes, it stands out. And he walks away. He goes, that's it. And I go, Dolph Ziggler. I'm like, it said David Diggler on the paper. I'm like, okay. So I go, hey, can anyone answer what my name is because we're starting in an hour and I just wanted to know and it becomes Dolph Ziggler and I'm like man no one's ever gonna know this or remember this is heartbreaking and I'm just thinking like I was supposed to be me and Kurt Angle we we're gonna be buddies yeah. like this is bullshit and you know just as and a year later like I don't even respond when someone yells Nick it's like Dolph and I'm like okay I got it but it was a weird name I think he just wanted to stand out because they had some like superstars matches planned for me and not much higher I right, think, right, on, the, right. on that card I do know one time when um, when Bray Wyatt was was called Michael McGillicuddy. No, it was uh, was it Henning's kid that was Michael Henning, McGillicuddy. Michael McGillicuddy, yeah. He was like, um, and once again, this is Joe Henning, yeah, right. son of one of the greatest wrestlers of all yeah. time. And Vince said McGillicuddy, and they're like, "Wait, we don't have a McGillicuddy on the roster. That's his name because he was hungry." Now, let's go to lunch. I wonder if you had oh, the same thing with God. the Dolph Ziggler because I was always like. 
you know, you hear a name sometimes, and I always, I always say, can you imagine this name? Your new world champion. Right. And at the time, Dolph Ziggler. And it's like, that doesn't even make any sense. It's not even, a, yeah. it's not even real. It's not, it's not you know? even a real thing. It really <laughs> yeah, isn't. Know. Like, I know that now. Like, people like, yeah. oh, we've got used to it. But that, there's no way. I'm like, that's what I, and that's what I always picture. It's like, Big Show says, hit a finish. You can hit on everybody, including right. me. Yep. Okay, got that. And then, can you picture your name on that marquee? Yeah. No, I can't. Are you kidding me? My real name? Hell yeah. The signature I was practicing all through grade school and high school? That would be great. Yes. How, um, how in, uh, influential was Pat Patterson or, or you know, as an advisor? Because I know, I know he was always talking about you. Yeah. To the uh, point yeah. where one of the rumors was you got heat with Vince in the office because he was always pitching your name. Let me squash that rumor because it's a fact. Uh, so he... He's so awesome. He knows so much. He knows the old way to do it, the new way to do it. Yeah. Me and it's and much like Michael Hayes, where I'd be like, hey mother, it's 2020. We gotta do it this way. Right. We can't lay there for 42 minutes. We have a six-minute match. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, but fighting with him and uh he's so smart and he's so good. And he's not wanting it to be like, yeah, we got this thing. He's like here's a beautiful moment for the business. Mm -hmm. Can you make that happen when you're out there? And you're like, holy shit, I hope I can. And he's comically influential. Like, he's so smart, he's so good. And I'll say all the positives first, then I'll get to the mm -hmm. <laughs> me being ribbed for, for 15 years. Uh, <laughs> but he, he would help me with so much stuff. And if, if I messed up some small moment of not laying somewhere for an extra second or not doing something, he would scold me and I would be like, damn it, you're right. He's and right. it was like, he's so right. And I feel like that's why I came to stand out like, oh, you're selling so great. I'm like, well, no one's doing it. So doing it stands out. Mm -hmm. uh, but also I wanted to go above and beyond. It was very cool in the reality times to be like, I want to be Randy Orton. Black trunks, black hair, a badass, doesn't sell and kicks everyone's ass. Like, yeah, we'd all love that. But also Randy's one of the best sellers there. But that's matter. Right. But everyone's doing just the part, those parts. You're like, okay, everybody wants to be 99% strong, not lose and not, okay, great, fine. <laughs> great, that's going to work out great for everybody. But I got to the point where I'm going to go above and beyond and take a finish, like an MMA finish. I want it to look like a knockout for real, not some ballet bullshit. So I kept getting more focused in on that. But then the pieces in between is where Pat was so good. God damn, so good. And it got to a point where he was pitching for me so much for years that the second highest that there could be in a, in a meeting at that point was like, yeah, we're just to a point where we're just making you lose just to watch his face. And I go, oh, that's not a great way to run the company. Yeah. Uh, but also at that point, like 700 losses for two wins or whatever, I've found a way around it anyway. But it was just like, we're getting to a point where because he's pitching for me so much, they're making me lose even more. And just I go, to rib him, yeah. just to rib him. And I go, well, the ribs on me, bro. Like, this is, you guys are paying me to work here. And it was like, got to a point where I go, I, I can, and I had this meeting with Vince a million times. I can lose 99 times out of 100. But if I don't have that yeah. one, that means something. You're, you're booking a local and paying him a bunch of money. Like, what, what are we doing here? So I go, I can get away with losing way more than all your favorites, but I have to at least be a credible threat, 1% at some point. Because for 15 years, I was like, oh, he's not gonna do it. He's like, oh my God, he's gonna get it! Oh, shit. Right. Being able to have that when your win-loss record is so hilarious, uh, I was very proud of that. And uh, you just gotta be able to do stuff like that. But just, man, hearing that every couple of weeks for a couple of years, is like, hey, we're, it's a rib on you. And you're like, oh, okay, so I'll find a way around why, it. Why do you think, because once again, even me, you know, being a, a, your friend and a fan of your yeah. work always, I'm not even sure how many matches we had. It wasn't, wasn't a lot. Not a ton. Yeah. But just watching your stuff, why would, in your opinion, Vince not pull the trigger? Because like uh, you mentioned, we'll get to some of these, I remember the time he won the title, it was going crazy and then you got hurt. But it's like, yeah. why, why do you feel he never wanted to go to the next uh, step? So I, first and foremost, I don't take it personally. It's sports it's entertainment. Yep. It is business. Right. I got it. He goes, I got this guy. This is our guy. Maybe this guy, maybe not. And uh, I, I'm sure being 5'11 didn't help. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, Sean was kind of that height. But That's how tall I am. Yeah, I was like, okay. And then it's like, but you probably had a much better relationship with Vince than I did, but I still had one, but it took a while to get there. Sure. And at that end, uh, it was so weird. It's like, he could trust me with anything, anything. 
But then when it came to like going past the middle, it's like, mm, we need him here. And you go, okay. And it's it's weird to watch. It's almost like if you're working in an office and you're watching everyone else, your boss is like taking credit and getting like Promotions getting and, the promotion. Yeah. Like, we really need your work. Thank you for that. And you're like, okay, great. Again, it's business. I totally understand. But there would be sometimes, several times, right, where he goes, you're our fucking Shawn Michaels. God damn it. This year should be the man. I go, yeah, okay. Why not? And then there's times where it's like, you're never going to get it. And you're like, God, oh, dang God. It. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, come on. So you get that, and it's, it's, you don't want to pat on the back, but you just want to go, he would trust me with anything, a beginner, something, a, a, the most important thing on the show I'd be trusted with. But then to go be credible for a world title, I'd be like, mm, we'll put you in the match, but we're not going to like do anything with it. So I totally get it, business, but I, I want to say – even having a better relationship, I don't think would have changed that. I think there was, I think it's something along the lines of other guys in the room not seeing the Shawn Michaels aspect as much as he did half the time. Mm -hmm. And so it's probably easy to talk about it once in a while. You're like, hey, we're going to do this. Like, mm, are you sure? Like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. And then I could see that happening. That makes sense. Uh, I totally get that. But uh, I don't know how those meetings go, but. I, I, uh, several different times, it was like, I got a text like, hey, they're doing something big with you today. Here's the deal. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. And then by the fourth draft, it's like, I'm losing to Kevin Owens on Superstars. And you go, what were we doing? And like, mm. well, you were going to win this battle royal. They're going to fight Roman. I'm like, wait, what? And you're like, yeah, but that was that was two drafts ago. So <laughs> everyone, you know, spoke up and let them know that you shouldn't be the guy. Like, okay, hey, thanks. Yeah. Just good to know. But that's how it works. I mean, it's, it's my famous story that when Vince, uh, with the Kevin Owens story, when he said, you, you're going to, Kevin Owens is going to be the champion, you're going to go into WrestleMania and win the title as a babyface in the main event. And it's like, that's cool. And then the next week, Brock and Goldberg win the title, and then he didn't even say anything. It's like, yep. you know, and then once again, it's, it's nothing personal. It's, it's his, not. right? Yeah. He, he loved the idea that week. Yep. Next week changes. He doesn't owe it to me to explain it. It would have been nice. Yeah, it'd be nice to hear. Like, if, after some years in and some talks yeah. and like back with you, it'd be nice to be like, hey, listen, we're doing this. I go, hey, man, I'm a businessman. I get, I get it. it. Yeah, fine. holy yeah. shit. Of course. But yeah, so you, I, I know what you're coming from with that. But what was like, talk, talk about when you did win the, the world title. Was it against Del Rio? Del, Del Rio. Yeah, so uh, about that. And that was the only time you ever had, that got to that point, right? Or, uh, I got handed a world title on TV once, oh, okay. and it was weird. because Edge wasn't allowed to use the spear, and we had a big pay-per-view match, and he used the spear, and, but no one saw it. So the next day, like, Vicky gave me the title. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, like, and then I was like, they gave me this thing. I'm like, oh, this is weird. Okay. And then immediately we had, like, a seven-minute rematch, and even Adam was like, can we not do Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like. He's either he has it or he doesn't, but like I will say this, stole the show. At the Rumble, we had this 25-minute pay-per-view match. I wasn't built as a formidable opponent to Edge, who's the champ, but I was a guy who was in a storyline with him, and I, I'm very proud of this. One, it's it's 90% Edge, because I'm learning what the f I'm doing, but we have this match where everyone knows it's Rumble time. Dolph is not winning this match. He's not even like had a good couple of weeks of TV. You know how they sometimes <laughs> like lay him out with your finish because then they you know you're yeah, losing. Yeah, then course, the pay I didn't even get those. Yeah. It's just like I'm taking spears, taking spears, taking spears. Now the world title match with the awesome guy from the editor and the guy who doesn't win. And you're like, we know the deal. We know it. And 15 minutes into that, like 26 minutes, everyone is like, oh my god, he's gonna get it. And I go. I've done my job. Yeah. Like I had to go above and beyond to trick them into thinking that I can win there's this. A chance, yeah. And there's a just a just a one chance, and then all these things happen, whatever. But uh, I, I that was awesome. I got to ride uh, with Adam for years and Jay, and to learn from those guys, and to have that world title match at the Rumble with him. Like man, it was the coolest mm -hmm. thing in the friggin' That's world. Cool. And it's just, and then whatever they the next day they we so we have this great match. I'm so proud of. Like I hung in there with him. Whatever. And they present me the title, and I think it's either that night or the SmackDown. They're like, Edge's rematch is right now. And it's like six minutes. Yeah. And he's like, we're throwing away this, this beautiful thing we did. And it was just, couldn't talk him out of it, and it was understood. So I took the best spear I could and exploded inside out and spun on my head and like gave him something. And it was just like, hey, that's, that's the deal, and that, that's what he wanted at that point. All right, got it. No problem. So let's go to the Del Rio match then when you oh, did yeah. actually win the title. Yes. So Del Rio and Swagger uh, were fighting. Again, I'm a bad guy who doesn't win, but I did win that briefcase. So, Which it, I, I never won the briefcase. Yeah. So. <laughs> Amateur hour. I just invented the f thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So 
<laughs> and the best part is Vince goes, I know you lose all the time. I know we don't have you talk too much, but uh, you're going to try and cash this thing in a million times and it's not going to pay off. I'm going to make you look like a fool and you're going to use it to all this shit. He goes, the second you cash that in, it all changes and we go in a different direction. Holy shit. Okay. Mm. So all these almost cash-ins, almost cash-ins, whatever. They do WrestleMania. That's the night after. Keep in mind, Del Rio is a baby face and I'm a bad guy. And he is an injured baby face who snuck over uh, Swagger and has like a broken ankle from the Swagger's yeah. ankle lock. And he's laying in the ring. And uh, so earlier in the day, they go, hey, here's the deal. You're going to win. You're going to come down there. He's injured. You're going to hit him with the briefcase and pin him. And I go, you're kidding. Like, no, no, no. I'm not, you're kidding about the world title. I go, that's how we're, I, I'm hitting an injured guy and just covering him. I go, can we have like two or three minutes to play with? I go, this entire crowd is the reason I'm coming out because of like, they have been behind me while I'm sitting on the bench or getting beat up. I go, and now they know if anyone's gonna not cash this in, holy shit, it's me. Let's tease them. Let's have it like, I almost get it and then I don't. So we set up this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. I come down, I beat the shit out of him with the briefcase, smack his, his uh, leg. I take his head, put it on my leg, hit a Famouser on like a corpse, hook the legs, one, two, he kicks and the place goes, oh my God, they're screwing him out of the title. <laughs> of course, only him and I go, all right, great. And then we get to another false finish, whatever, get some stuff. And then he gets his uh, arm breaker on me and I'm selling and wailing. And they're like, they're going to make him tap on his cash into an injured guy. Oh my God. <laughs> and they're like, we've, I told just a mini story of like, he has a hurt ankle and I got out of it. And like, I was so proud and they could just feel it. Uh, as I broke free, like here comes the finish. And they were all, man, the coolest reaction I could ever hear in my life. It's at IZOD Center. So it's like Jersey. Jersey, yeah. yeah. Uh, New Jersey <laughs> and uh, and it was just an insane like it's real sometimes but holy shit was it real right there it the, was so the emotion fun is real. yeah the it is was real. so real that was so fun and then what happened after that and I go to the back and uh, hey Michael Hayes is someone who much like Pat I'd be like fuck you fuck you we're fighting about how to do this stupid thing that we he's got a 70s way and I got a 2020 way and yeah. we're both wrong or whatever but we're in a good way yelling at each mm. other constantly just trying to make the show good or my my spot and he goes, make sure you thank Vince for giving me this opportunity. I go, hell yeah, sir. Thank you so much. And I shake his hand. I'm going I'm to promise to do everything I can to make this mean even more. And he goes, <laughs> well, I just wanted to take it off Del Rio for a month or two. So I go, oh, okay. Well, I go, I guess I got two months to change your mind. And he goes, okay. And then I go, all right. So I said, give, give the guy a Night, I go, right? <laughs> Give him the moment. I mean, come on, man. And so I almost appreciate that because we do it like there's great talks and there's some bad talks and there's like, hey, I did exactly what you wanted. We stole the show and you come in and he's throwing the headset down and you see me like, oh, God. So it's you never know how it's going to go. That wasn't the best thing uh, ever. But uh, and then everyone was like, oh, yeah, it was just he wanted to take it off Del Rio and heat him up or something. And I go, OK, but damn. All right, I, I'll, I'll try and do whatever I can. It's amazing when that happens because that happened to me when I won the title from Triple H in uh, Wilkes-Barre or something like that. And it was just, a, it was a show-long angle. Right. I mean, when people see the, the, me beat him, the crowd goes ballistic. Is that the fast count? Yes. Which, As a fan, I went nuts. Right. You're like, the story's so good that it's you amazing. get it. And I'm like, yeah, he got him. Yes. And I don't jump out of my seat. I'm going to Mark, I'm like, I'm watching wrestling to study you guys and figure out what's going on. Yeah. And I went, yeah, fuck it. Yes. Like, yeah. And then and then after the break, I have to give the title back. And then the main event, I lose the Triple H. People, people, <laughs> people forget that part. Of course. But I was like, why as a promoter wouldn't you see the reaction that, that I got that night and that you got that night and go, right. there's something to it. Yeah. You know, and, there's, and, and maybe he did. Because yeah. I remember he said, you, you give it up, you, you give it up tonight, but it's, it's not like you're not going to get it back later. And right. I was like. Oh, that's oh, the first okay. time he's ever said that. Right, but yeah. still, you're like, the reaction was what we all, it's what Pat would teach us. We, yeah. we, we you go for the reaction. Don't step on your reaction. So why yeah. step on this Dolph reaction? You know? So, yeah. so what, was the, what was the next month or two like when you were the uh, champ? <laughs> I think oh, I'm pretty. So I, I explained, again, all business, no hard feelings. I totally, like, I don't understand how to convey this as I'm saying this as a business person who totally understands. The next Monday, I have a six minute match with Swagger and I'm losing. And I go, boss. But you're the champ. I'm the world champ. I've lost 900 matches in a row. I tried to cash in and got dunked on and hit so many bro kicks in my face for the last six months. You said it all changes. And today in six minutes, non-title, I'm oh. losing a match. I go, 
I don't care about me. I care about the show. How does this make sense? And he's like, well, we need to make it a triple threat. And we got to get him in there somehow. And I go, there's no other way. I go, what about this? What about this? What about this? He goes, you can't go in advance. He go, no. Right. And not have 15 right. things ready to yeah. go because you're just – it's, it's, instead of saying yes and, you're saying no right. to the improv show. What else you got? Nothing. Yeah, okay, nothing. Well, we're doing this well then. then we're doing this. Yeah. You, uh, you walk in there and I go, Vince, how about this? How about this? How about this? And one of our, or two of them were reasonable and it was like, oh, you can do this other thing or you could beat my ass afterwards, anything. I go, I lost 900 in a row and I'm going to lose right now? He goes, yeah, sorry. And, like, and you could even see when you pitch like the three of them, you know one of them kind of works mm. for him and he's like, but he's set and he's taking it. And you go, damn it, all right. Fit goes, you need to get this changed. She goes, why would you ever be a credible champion? If you? And I, I tried, couldn't get it done. We do a five-minute match. He wins. And I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. And then uh, we get to, I think, a promo on SmackDown. And then I think it's the next TV. Uh, we're setting up for a ladder match. It's me, Swagger, and Del Rio, or me and Swagger. I forget exactly how it goes. But that's uh, we're going to do a ladder thing where – uh, we're both going to reach for it and we'll do like a tug of war and get to something. And I went down to reach for it and, uh, he punted me in the head and I w uh, we had like three minutes of spots and different things, including like Zeb, like taking a bump and all this mm -hmm. stuff. And I did it on autopilot with like, I was, I was, so you had you were concussed. Yeah. Right? Oh, and, uh, and even that, like it was bad. It was like, um, that was the longest, like two, two and a half weeks where I went, you've had stuff. Like I played football. you somebody cracked you in the head and, and giving you a clothesline down the line somewhere. You're like, oh man, I might have a concussion, whatever. This one was like a week went by and I go, I don't feel great. And I go, holy shit, is this, this is permanent or I'm done? I don't know. And I talked to Miz and he goes, oh man, I was, I had a headache for two weeks after WrestleMania. He goes, it'll, it'll, if, if it doesn't go away, clearly you have an issue. But I, it was a week and a half and I go, okay, I'm getting back to, I, I, there was a couple of days where I go, oh, I guess my career's over, mm -hmm. I'm done. And I slowly just got back. And then we were, very much introduced to CTE and protocols to where we went above and beyond to go, you're going to take more tests. We're going to give you two more weeks. We're right. going to do all this other stuff. And then at that point, like, okay, you're good to go. And then it was fine. But uh, yeah, it was like, it was. How it was, did you lose the title then? Uh, so the next match. So sweat. So instead of me wrestling that pay-per-view swagger and Del Rio do Del Rio for a vacant title. Oh, you had to vacate it. Yeah. And um, he takes it. Uh, Del Rio gets it back. And then, uh, no, I'm shit, sorry. For my number one contenders match because I still have the title. We come back to it and we do a thing where uh, it's payback in Chicago and Del Rio kicks the shit out of me, kicking me in the head, targeting my head. We do a double turn and to where I turn baby from the sympathy of just getting my head kicked in. And it's like, it's gross. It's, none of it was bad. None of it hurt me. It's a gross match because we're coming off a concussion and he just targets my head and he's yeah, doing all yeah. these cool kicks and he's... You see in his eyes, like he's trying to murder me, yeah, like in the match. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, I'm so proud of that match. And uh, him and I had really good chemistry. Yeah. But he's he's like, there's this scary look in his eye. We're like, he's trying to end his career. Yeah. This is beautiful. And we had like this slow turn to where he becomes a heel, I become a baby. But I uh, lost the title at the end of it. And I was, uh, it was, yeah. I was like, man, one, I go, one defense. Yeah. Man. <laughs> but I think someone said you had it for 69 days. And I go, ah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> no, that's kind of funny for so you start to wind down here I just yeah. want to talk to you a little bit about your stand-up stuff yeah obviously you mentioned that you don't like being on the sidelines and maybe not getting used a lot so you decide to go do some comedy yeah is that something you'd always plan on doing yeah oh always uh my brother and I like I'm trying to use an example like for 25 years if my parents if we went to the store to get bread for my parents and came home we would just walk in and be like is Ryan gonna tell you what happened and it's like, wait, what? And I'm like, first of all, the car's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and it's just like, we just go into like, ah, so someone jumped in front of my car. I guess they're going to make, they're going to call. Like, they're not, it's not the ICU, but they're kind of, and we're, <laughs> we've done that just improv and screwing with our parents for 40 years. So I, I used to watch the old Saturday Night Lives, like the first two seasons on Nick at Night mm. when they used to replay those. And I was into all that kind of stuff. So I just, I loved joking around and writing jokes and writing a sketch or just screw with our parents. And we did it so much that we got to a point where I'm filling up all these notebooks and, it, and I'm getting to a point, even when we have a full busy schedule, I'm working full live events. I'm like, I've reached a point eight years ago where it's like, they're not going anywhere past the middle here with me, if, if not anything below. And I go, 
I like working here. I like doing outside stuff. They let me do a movie. They let me do all this other stuff. So I go, hey, on my off days, I'm just going to set up some shows because I don't like not being creative or working to get better because I feel like I can go steal the show or something, but I, I can only get to a certain point. And you're like, ah, okay. So much like wrestling, the first 50 matches scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. It was like the first 50 times you're going out there, I'm like, people are staring at you. You're like, you better be funny. Mm-hmm. You better be good. And I'm like, shh, the mic's shaking in my <laughs> hand. And then there's the, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm unknown. And then there's also, if someone knows I'm Dolph Ziggler, they're like, this guy's awesome at wrestling. He put 15 years in. This is going to be great. It better be. And you're like, so you have to like please them, but also I'm shaking and I'm bad and I'm writing a joke that I got. <laughs> remember the second time I ever did a, like a three minute shitty stand up set. I have Renee meet me in a, a comedy bar in Toronto. And I'm just like so nervous, but they, the, everyone there was like friendly with me and we knew, knew from, some, from some other stuff. And they're like, hey, you want to get up here and do three? I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And now it's time's coming. I'm scared. <laughs> I've done one set in a Silver Lake coffee shop back room, like open mic where other guys were just on their phones and not even listening. And I'm like, oh God. And I right before, they're like, all right, you're after this guy. And they go, hey, Renee, all I have is a Chipotle bit, which we've talked about before. And I go, hey, Renee, do you guys like Chipotle here? And she goes, we don't have it yet. Please welcome to the stage. And it's like, I have only a Chipotle story, nothing else, nothing in my back pocket, no bubblegum popsicle jokes to like say nothing. And I run through it in two and a half minutes. And I'm, I'm mad that one, I was embarrassed, but like in front of Renee, I'm like, damn oh, it, yeah. Renee. Like, yeah, God, yeah. God. She, she probably thought it was funny until yeah, that night. Right. I was like, God, it's embarrassing in front of your friends. Or sure. Something. Like, oh, it hurt. But uh, I just, here's the best part. You do that and you get off and you go, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Oh, if I switch this word here, right. that won't be a clunky sentence. Oh my God, okay. It's just like I wrestling. I can't wait to get back. And yeah. it's the same damn thing. You're like, oh, I should have just laid there and waited mm. one more minute. You're like, okay, got it. And then you, I go, I couldn't wait to do it again. And um, the first one I did in that, that Silver Lake coffee shop, they go, you have no business being on this show. You've written nothing. So everybody here is open micers, but Andy Kindler's doing 20 minutes. And he goes, you're going to follow him. I go, of course, I, that's fair. So he cr- just... No material just crushes this room. He's great, yeah. Crushes this room, and he's been around for 50 years, and yeah. I'm a fan. And he crushes, and I go out, and I go through my four-minute bit in like two and a half minutes, because I'm just like going, and I run through it. But one, like the first thing I say is something, something, and I pause and say a punchline, and it feels like a minute goes by of silence. And I'm like, I can feel, like your joke about flop sweat or like getting a red face, I feel perspiration coming down my face. I'm like, And I look... And I start to say the other word and I look and Andy Kindler, who was supposed to be leaving right afterwards, he's like laughing and say, yeah, that was, I'm like, holy shit. He, mm-hmm. he thinks the dumb sentence I just said is funny. So I extra run through the rest of it. It's terrible. Nobody laughs or looks up from their phone. But just like a wrestling locker room, you get to the back and all the young guys are around Kindler and he's like, hey, he's telling yeah. war stories and giving them pointers and Everybody was, I'll never remember who it is, but everybody in that room was like, oh, they're, they're mad about some other comic getting a push. They're like, oh, they didn't even do this, didn't do this, didn't this. Oh, and they just know somebody. And it was like, this is exactly a wrestling locker room. Like, I can't even make this up. Like, the old timer is giving pointers and telling old stories. Everyone's sitting around listening. And then every, all the young guys like us are bitching, like, this guy's getting a push and not me. And I go, you, we are exactly the same. It is crazy. Yeah. And it's like that improv aspect, just like if something goes wrong in a ring or you're just kind of feeling it out, uh, that is all the same. But just in wrestling, you have another guy out there to kind of take some yeah, yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah. off you. But on a stage, that little spotlight's on you, whether you're on a shitty little table or 15,000 people, everyone's staring at you. And whether it's make me laugh or I'm here to see... I'm here to see Rob Schneider or yeah. something. I don't know who the hell you are. This better be good. And you're like, man, I hope it's good. Because you don't just get to be like, oh, you're Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> yeah. How, how high up the ladder have you gotten in the biz? Uh, I, so because it's like, it's not like, oh, this comedy talent, we sold out the comedy store. Like, mm-hmm. no, it was people knowing me from wrestling sure. and like also having like a couple of guys that like bounce back and forth between wrestling and acting and they're like fans and uh, comics and writers and we got to bounce around. We got to do uh, two back-to-back nights, WrestleMania weekend at Caroline's in New York City, sold out. Like One was sold out and one was 96%. I'm blown away. And we had a bunch of people on this card, like a bunch of cameos, real comics, Miz telling a story, but without like, it's WWE, he's like trying to be, tell a joke and it's like scary and challenging, but like really fun. Uh, we did the comedy store, uh, we've done the improv. Like That's great. It's, and I got to a point where um, for the longest time, 
Sarah Tiana, who is so funny, and she writes for The Roast. And yeah, is she was, a, on, she was oh, going to be on my cruise, oh, and then she went and got pregnant. Ah, she blew it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I was trying to, like, sneak on as her plus one and, like, yeah, hide on the Yeah, trying to get you for years. <laughs> you couldn't forget anybody from WWE. On. Be, the, be, the, be the unknown comic, oh, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. The paper bag. unknown comic. I would love that. <laughs> so Sarah Tiana is just... She's so good, and she's been traveling uh, the world, like doing stuff. So she knows how to deal with promoters, deal with a comedy club, get us the right thing, get everything we need. So she's doing all the heavy lifting, and she's middling for me as a as she's a full on headliner. I'm a jabroni guy who has a couple minutes of material, but she's doing like 30 minutes in the middle, and I'm doing like 10 mm. at the end, and then we do a Q and A, and we just kind of improv and riff, and it's kind it works out. But we got to a point over the couple of years to where she could do a little bit less, and I'm up to like 20, 25 oh, good. minutes. That's a lot. Yeah, and it's like in your head, like 20, 25 minutes, oh, decent pay per view match. In no. your head, each second ticks by where everyone's just staring at your face, standing yeah. there. That is a long, that's yeah. longer than an episode of The Simpsons. Like, yeah, that's right. a real deal thing. And I got to a point where I, I could pull like 30 and, and then do a little crowd work or something, but it wasn't great. So I was like, I had like a, badass seven or eight minutes that I was proud of, but I, uh, I'm a little out of practice now because I've been watching wrestling like a sucker. <laughs> uh, but it, my brother and I, we got to do Hunkamania stuff. We got to bounce around and do a couple of shows uh, every, every couple of months. So I could just do two or three shows and follow a AEW pay-per-view or a WWE thing or something. And just, so Sarah's doing all that stuff, taking care of everything. We got to a point where she could like take a little load off and I could do a little bit right, more time. Right. And uh, we had so much fun. We, like, we got into a rhythm and I was working with her and then uh, opening for Mick sometimes, which really is great because it's a wrestling crowd. They're hot and fun. And he's telling Attitude Era stories. And then before that, I come out and I'm trying to do like, I'm at Chipotle or I'm on Tinder. And, but I also incorporate some wrestling stuff. So it's like, we're totally different, but the same crowd is there to see both sure, of us. Sure. And we complement each other really well. And then we can... Uh, challenge each other's stories like in a, in a Q&A or something. And it was like that. So I was bouncing around with her, set up all these shows with Mick, got a couple in, and then COVID hit and then shut everything it, down. Yeah. And it was like this two-year break of nothing. Mm -hmm. And I, I watched people do Zoom stuff. No, I, I watched the Brad funniest Williams people Zoom, yeah. doing Zoom ruined. It's terrible. No yeah. way. I, yeah, I can't yeah, do it. Yeah. I can't watch it. So do you do shows now still? Yeah. So uh, I think even during uh, that 90-day window, uh, w was cool with me doing an appearance somewhere else, and just we we did Chicago, LA, and we bounce around, and we're setting up a couple this year. Uh, just one right after Mania happens, we'll figure out a couple other things. That's great, man. Well, last few things. So, New Japan's coming up, and are there some other places that you're looking to go to? Or are those going to be surprises as well? Yeah, I, I think absolutely be surprises. Uh, some things aren't even like there's no ink on the paper yet, but uh, we're we're working on some stuff to where it's like I I much I want to bounce around, be a hired gun work a few months here, work a year here, something like that, just so I'm not tied down. But uh, there, there's still more to come. Uh, I'm looking forward. Uh, I'm going to wrestle at Primo's place uh, at January 20th in, in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that WWC. That's going to be – I'm excited for it. But I, I will show up somewhere else. I got uh, very lucky and fortunate to have some, like, Hollywood offers for some things. And uh, also just uh, Drugstore June just is about to come out. And oh, wow. it's uh, little Esther. It's Esther Podivsky. And she's and it's tons yeah. of comics and uh, Bill Burr like produced yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, thing yeah. and it's a bunch of comics and for the scenes that I watched it was really good and funny so it's like really funny people being good at acting and being funny and uh, it's funny because Gabe Roth yeah. just uh, talked to me about that he's involved oh, yeah. in the movie somehow was talking yeah. Bobby Lee is in it Bobby Lee's great uh, ba yeah, yeah. baby what's the name oh bad bad, bad, bad baby Barbie see, baby see, baby yes catch me outside catch me outside. <laughs> I saw that too, and I was like, "Oh, whoa!" Like it's a, clearly, it's a period piece that we're doing. Uh, that's uh, yeah. It's like I have stuff like that, and my brother and I. My brother wrote this three-minute movie that we made. Uh, that I go, I want to do like Evil Dead zombie movie, and and have it have it be like I'm free to go wrestle somewhere, but also be Kurt Russell. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we had it, and uh, Matt Eleven uh, directed the whole thing, and like it was like. Me and my brother are doing so. He's the main zombie yeah, yeah. that we have a fight scene with, and uh, you super kick his head off. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most expensive shot in the movie. He goes, "I want goggles, people. This is real acid." And it's like Maggie did everything. Her brother Jake Hartman uh, was producing on the show and mixing some things with us. It was like, it was like a, this family-oriented thing. But we all—it's like a long-ass one full day at a studio backlot with a cop car and a wall and a room, and it's like. 
and they did such awesome work. And I go, this is so an Evil Dead trailer, mm-hmm. Big Trouble in Little China, all mixed together. And I go, it is like, what a fun way. And Downstate song gets played in it just a little bit, but that's my new song that no one has heard yet, <laughs> except for 10 seconds on the end of that. And uh, I think they said the first week of February that comes out and it's gonna be badass. So that song is gonna hit somewhere at some point that catches everybody off guard one or two more times. But uh, it's exciting for man, you, man. That, I'm, that... I'm really excited. It's yeah. cool. I'm lucky as hell. Last question for you. What's your favorite match that you ever had? <sighs> favorite one I ever had would would have to be me and Kofi on a live event that I can't even remember because we got to a point where we were doing so many counters of counters of counters in a best of 500 series because they just wanted to always put us on <laughs> that we were just like, how about we counter this and counter Yeah, whatever. But man, uh, I'm trying to think. I had one... You know, there's a million ways to say fun ones like the one with Edge at the Rumble mm-hmm. where we I, I got like we crushed it because I was riding his coattails. But there's a bunch of matches like that and Kofi's up there with a million of them and that payback, the double turn we did. But one of my absolute favorite ones is working Kofi in Cleveland and LeBron James had just taken his talents down south to Miami. And so I wore like a Miami jersey and my mom was like front row up against a guardrail. It's the best. So I go, hey mom, you guys are really close. You guys are up against a guardrail. You might get involved in the show. Who's to say? And they're like, don't you dare, don't dare. I'm not doing it. And I was like, mom, seriously, if we do something, just be ready. She's like, don't you dare look at me whenever. We do this match, do something. Kofi dives on me outside. Do something where I turn around. I put his arms behind his back and I walk him over to my mom. She has no idea what's gonna happen. She's up against a guardrail. My dad's next to her. Walks over, and the last second, Kofi switches it, puts me right in front of her, and I go, hey, mom, you should whap. She smacks me in the face. I don't even finish the sentence. I didn't even start it. I, I forget to fall. I go, what the hell? She slapped the hell out of me, and I'm dying laughing, blah, blah, blah. We do this match. I forget who wins. Uh, we go to the back, and usually I have the security guard carrying me to the back if it was a good match. And I stopped. I go, her. She slapped me. Get her ass out of here right now. We open the show, by the way. It's the the first match. And he goes, ma'am, did you touch a talent? He goes, no, no, no. no, I didn't do anything. anything." I'm like, she was high-fiving people in the crowd for hitting me. Tell the truth. I want her ass out of here now. And she's like, ma'am, I'm only going to ask you one more time. Did you touch one of the wrestlers? She goes, no, 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 no. And she goes, sir, sir, to my dad. And he's looking the other way. Like He's turned the other way like he wants nothing to do with this. Sir, do you know this woman? Because I've never seen that woman in my life. <laughs> Swear to God. God. I, can't, I couldn't have written a funnier ending to that. He was like, because he didn't want to get kicked out. And it's like, I, I can't believe it. That's my favorite match. Well, dude, it's great to talk to you and connect <laughs> yes. with you in this official boardroom. And congratulations. And uh, February 23rd is your, is your yeah, match. Yeah, I guess I'm booked. Don't forget. Uh, let me sign the paperwork that you you're, brought over you're here. You're booked, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. 